Blog Talk Radio. I was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met Diamond Dallas Page. Started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP yoga. It's Nacho Mama's yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter! took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP Yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits, it was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around, it's, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP Yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP. Radio. Well, 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 here we are again. It is me, Michael D. Mullins here broadcasting live for DDP Radio, live from the DDP Radio Megaplex in beautiful Raleigh, North Carolina, and per usual, I drive my Rolls Royce. Up to the front of the door, I get out, the red carpet rolls out, get out of the elevator, kitsink, 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 all the way up to the top floor, the tippy top floor of all of North Carolina, the tallest building on the tallest part of town, and I climb that tower rung by rung by rung by rung, and I get to the top, and I look to the great white north, and on top of the mountain, on top of the mountain, on top of Mount Ontario, there's a beaming red light coming from a cabin, from the dungeon basement of the cabin where the magic is made, and I connect with that light, and beam DDP radio across the universe. Hello, my friends. The, the maker of that red light, the maker of the fire, the soul of DDP radio is my co-host, the one and only Crystal Stewart. How are you, my friends? <laughs> the only reason there's a red light is because we need to keep warm, so we put everything on fire. <laughs> it's like a moth to a flame, just like buzzing up to it. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm good, thanks. How, how are was you? Your week? Oh, good, good, uh, good. We were uh, busy day today. Last night, I, I watched uh, uh, the Millie Vanilli documentary on Paramount Plus. Um, and I was furious when I watched it because a lot of people don't know this, but I was in the original Millie Vanilli. It was Millie, Mike, and Vanilli. And they didn't mention me once the entire documentary, and I'm sick and tired of them trying to cover up my, my influence on that band. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's – and then after that, I, I, I quit in protest and joined uh, Wilson, Mullins, and Phillips. So uh, oh, good that's Lord. Where something that happened. <laughs> Anyways, enough nonsense from me for today. Um, well, we're, we're starting off with a bang. So uh, I know for a fact that you have been working very hard because I got the, the text from you this weekend saying, hey, Mike, I'm, I'm booking this thing all the way up to the end of the year. We're into 2024, baby with our amazing yep. inspirational stories. And you know what's awesome when you book that far out too is I've had a lot of people like who will say, oh my God, I'm going to be on DDP radio in January or December. That motivates me to do 
better than ever and work harder than ever because I want to come with a killer story uh, behind me. So it's really cool that people have that goal to look forward to. And you're on so on top of that stuff and, and bringing us great stories. And I am really excited to see who you got uh, ready, lined up for us tonight. So without any further ado, Crystal, why don't you introduce yeah. our Warrior of the Week? Sure. So tonight on DDP Radio, Mike and I welcome this week's Warrior of the Week, Zach Erickson. Zach has Hi, how doing? Good. How are you? Um, Zach's had an amazing journey. However, that never means that things were easy. If you were to fall down as a baby, you simply got right back up, right? Warriors are strong because they refuse to stay stuck. I overheard someone say recently, I don't know how to be successful, and it made me think. There are a million ways to be stuck in anything, but concentrating on anything negative won't get you anywhere positive. Negative words and negative thoughts induce negative results. Resigning yourself to effort, trying, and feeling good about the changes you're making and the circumstances you find yourself in your life is important. Um, Your mind is reprogrammable. And you are worth more than struggle and being stuck. If complaining about our struggles actually worked, guess what? We would all be in a much different set of circumstances, I'm sure. Please welcome to the show this week, my friend, Zach Erickson. Hi, Zach. Hey, Zach. How are you, man? I am admittedly a little nervous. Never really done anything like this before. so. Ah. But I'm doing good. It's just us. Well, Don't be nervous. If I can do it, literally anyone. So I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> we, uh, we'll, uh, I, I just have a tendency to ramble. So, By all means, Good, ramble away. That's what we're here for. We're here to tell your story. And, and uh, what better orator of your story than yourself? Um, but we'll we'll get to know each other on the air. We'll keep it easy, keep it light. We never really have a plan. We just kind of just, just chat. But there's one question we always start with. Every warrior has an origin story. So what brought Zach Erickson to the point where he is today, where he decided to take that jump into trying DDPY? And uh, tell me how you got to the point where that was your, uh, your choice to go and change things and, and do something like this. Um, well, I suppose really, um, it started uh, around 2017 was when I was like first introduced to DDPY. Um, I saw Dallas on Monday Night Raw with Booker T with the t-shirt and all that back in the day. Um, and it just intrigued me. I was overweight. Um, I had a lot of different, um, kind of health, not health issues, but like injuries. Um, I tore my MCL when I was younger. Uh, doing MMA, which is a whole part of the conversation. Um, and then I just had gotten to a point where I needed something, and I tried the program. It didn't really click with me at first. I was off and on for a good few years, probably at least about, let's see, it was 2020 when I really, like, dove into it at that point. Um, but pretty much since March of 2020, I have been consistently – about six days a week doing DDPY. Um, there was like a big shift in my mental in 2020 that really pushed me to want to uh, 
just better myself physically and mentally. And ever since then, I've just been grinding it out, honestly. Well, uh, interesting. And, and, you know, you, you talked about how it, it didn't really stick right away. And, and a lot of people, we have a lot of different camps, people that just get it and go all in. And they're those people that kind of get it. They kind of mess around a little bit with it and, you know, in and out. And then eventually, you know, they catch on to it once they really, you know, get into it, which proves you can do something anytime. But if you're not ready for it, sometimes it's just, it's not going to stick for you. Uh, you got to have your heart in the game. But you talked about, you know, injuries and MMA and, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, those those things wear you down over time. You know, those those type of, you know, contact sports and, you know, MMA and fighting. How did you kind of, uh, you know, how did DDPY kind of help the uh, the daily injuries? And how was it first starting when you first took those uh, couple workouts? So just for a little bit of context for anybody out there, um, I did um, MMA. I fought amateur MMA once in the cage. Um, I did win. But when I fought, I was 285, so a super heavyweight. Um, but prior to that, I did about 10 years of judo, jiu-jitsu, taekwondo, kickboxing, boxing, pretty much any type of combat sport we trained. So I took a lot of falls. Um, I took a lot of punches and kicks and stuff like that from about the age of like 12 to 22. And really it was tearing my MCL that really like made me stop training and stop going to the dojo and things like that. Um, but in doing DDPY, it has helped me so much. I can't even say it. Um, it's with my lower back. It was really jacked up for a while along with my hips. And um, when I initially started, I could barely do catcher, like getting down just a little bit hurt a lot. Um, and through just, you know, repetition, doing it every day, trying a little bit more, you know, it wasn't perfect and it still ain't. But it really did just open me up from all of that just banging and bumps that I took when I was younger. And these days I need it. I'm not getting any younger. Did you think did you think that this was going to work for you? At first I wasn't sure. I was intrigued that it could work for me. And it took like I knew the program worked because I'd had some success with it. I think I'd lost maybe twenty pounds and I was feeling better. But like I um I went through a like a really bad depression type mode where it was just yep. a few years of really low self-esteem, low self-worth. Um, and I worked really hard on, on correcting a lot of that negative self-talk and everything that I had going on. Um, but it really took me, like, to that kind of shift point to make me really want to commit to it. But I knew it was good for me. Like, that's why when it clicked, that's what I went to. Like, I didn't want to go back to fighting. That beat me up too much. Like, this... Oof makes me feel better. It strengthens me. You know, it, I've maybe had a few injuries from it, but other than that, it helps me in every way. What is the, what are some of the, the things that you, you kind of notice coming out of that funk? You know, when you get into a depression like that, it really kind of changes your personality and, and kind of changes you from within part of you is kind of deadened and, and you don't enjoy things as much. 
when you started to lift out of that and, and started to find that hope and encouragement again, what are some of the things that you noticed about yourself with, you know, getting in shape and getting fit and getting happier? Some of the things that were different for you once you kind of got yourself out of that mode. Um, it's going to sound maybe a little blunt, but like tolerance of other people's chronic negativity. Like once I was <laughs> able to see it in myself, like outward and seeing it in other people, I began to be like, nope, I'm sorry. I, I can't do that anymore. And even like the last year for me personally has been an interesting shift in my, like what I allow around me and my like confidence to not be afraid to be like, I'm okay if you're not, you know, friendly or if you're, we're not together anymore type deal because I know what my happiness is now. And when you're in that funk, you don't know what it is. Like, it's so foreign to you. And seeing other people make those changes, it's like, it kind of threatens you in a weird way. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, it's something. For sure, yeah. You know, so years ago, I always fashioned myself like a, a film nerd or a music nerd and, and stuff like that. And it's funny that you say that. Similar. I, I would, like... If, if if someone listened to some shitty country band, I would just I would try to tear them up and and or some if they watch some movie that I thought was stupid, I just like how you know I try to make them feel. Why bad are you watching that nonsense? <laughs> yeah, and and I thought to myself, you know, years later, you know, I, I've gotten over that for a while, but I see some of my old posts on Facebook, and I'm like. I'm such an Ooh. asshole. Like, why am I trying to ruin what somebody else <laughs> likes, what brought them joy? I, and and I just made me think of that with the negativity and stuff and, and realizing who I used to be. And I'm, and I hate that part of me that I was zapping joy from other people. See, I delete those posts now in my memories. If I see anything too negative, I will straight up delete it because I don't need to re-see it. I don't need to go back there. And so I have that same thing, even with my memories, I'll scroll through and be like, what was I doing? Like, you know, and at the time I was feeling how I was feeling and it's natural and we all get stuck there, you know, but it's finding that reason to move past it. Or like, I think personally, a lot of times there's an event. There's like something that happens where you're like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. And I'm tired of feeling this way because it sucks. And, like, maybe it's not for everybody. I feel for a lot of us, there's, like, we could narrow it down, right? Like, there's that one thing that, boom, nope, no more. That's it. See, I know a lot of people use the pandemic as kind of an excuse to, you know, sit back or lay back and and kind of not do anything. They just kind of... And then there are people that dive into routine and the program headlong because they knew it was going to be, you know, their, their calming, I don't even know what word I'm looking for, but their calming thing, they, it was the thing that kept them sane. And yeah, I know a lot of people have really struggled over the last couple of years and I'm one of them. So I appreciate you saying what you just said. Um, And really, like, my stuff, the pandemic didn't probably affect me as much as it did a lot of people. I'm pretty thankful for that. 
Like, I didn't, I really didn't get sick that much, but maybe it's because I was working out consistently. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Jury's out on that one. Um, but um, I kind of lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> that happens no, to me a lot. That's fine. It happens to well, my we all the time. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I, 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 I had COVID this week, so the pandemic's still very real Ooh. to me. I got back from, from vacation so and, and caught it. So no, I'm feeling good now. I'm feeling much better. But between you know, that and your you know, Millie Vanilli crisis, Jesus, you're just <laughs> right? I know. One, my guy. <laughs> I know. Oh. Well, Man. we we. Uh, <laughs> We, some of us took, you know, oh, the, the routine of COVID. That's what it was. I apologize. I do remember. <laughs> it, it, no, you, you're absolutely right, though. It, it helped me get in that routine where I had something that, like, every day I controlled. And that was the right. one thing that I could control over everything that I couldn't. And um, the phrase that really stuck with me during that time was when Dallas says, let go of what you can't change and focus on what you can. Yep. Like, there's a world full of stuff we can't change. We can't physically touch and alter. But, like, my workout every day is the one thing that I do for me, no matter what. You know, my family knows it. My, you know, friends know it. Everybody, like, that's the hour I need. I'll help you out with whatever you need. I mean, my job is taking care of people. So, like, I need the one time for me in a day. So, I mean, that's that's such a a great... That's such a great point, and, and you know, you, you you mentioned it right there. So there's things that we can change, and there's things we can't change. Social media and everyone being on the internet all the time. A lot of people have good intentions, but it kind of clouds the world with all these input and, and opinions and a lot of negativity. And I think a lot of the world could change if we kept our own backyard clean. And and the fact that we're yep. in a better place makes us react differently to other people. Because there's some things, despite our best intentions, that are out of our hands, and it's out of the hands of just average people. But you live a life where you're happy and you're healthy and you're feeling good. You suddenly treat people better around you. Those people aren't as pissed off at you, and those people treat other people around you better. It really is one of those those situations where just keeping our own con- – the things we can control in check does have a greater impact on the world than just complaining and ranting on the Internet about things we can't. You're so true. I took a social media break because of that exact thing. <laughs> I deactivated my Facebook. I didn't go on it for like, I don't know, eight months probably just because I didn't want to see all that stuff. I didn't want to do that. And when I did go back on there, I unfollowed and like blocked a lot of things and people because like even from social media to the TV shows that we watch, the music that we listen to, if you listen to too much sad music, you are going to be sad all the time. It's just like the nature of how energy works. So if you're constantly flooding yourself with negativity, that's all you're going to see, all you're going to feel, all you're going to seek out. So. Yeah, I mean, I you watch can't. Things on TV just because of it. Sorry to interrupt, but. No, not at all. I mean, you can't soak your sponge in dirty water and expect to have crystal clear windows. It just doesn't work. I like that. No, that's absolutely true. (laughs) Are you shaming my dirty windows right now? Yeah, you and your windows. (laughs) Somebody hook him up with Windex, please. 
Right? <laughs> oh, right, another reason man. for him to streak. Ha <laughs> ha, <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Oh. Got it. <laughs> My, uh, You're just having a rough week, aren't you, bud? I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I just can't get vanilla out of my head. It's just, it's just it's very bitter. We don't have to talk about me. We can talk about Billy Vanilli. It's okay. Just get it out. Uh, no, Let's get into no, this. we can't. <laughs> I don't, I don't blame oh. them as much as I blame it on the rain. But you know, it's just one of those things. That... <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, Anyways, we opened up I'll, I'll be here. About that. <laughs> I'll be here all week. Try the veal. Um, <laughs> so you know, <laughs> you mentioned uh, you know you mentioned you know getting out of your funk, getting your depression, and changing your atmosphere. I, I'm sure your family and friends must be pretty impressed by you know these significant changes in your life. How are the people around you adapting to the new version of you? Um, some more positive than others. Um, I, my, my close family, absolutely. They definitely have seen the changes and seen the improvement. I'm thankful for that because I didn't realize how like admittedly toxic I was for a long time and just how I like saw things and how I reacted to things. And it just like looking back, you just like, we kind of talked about before, you just kind of cringe sometimes like, Ooh, um, you know, like holidays were the worst, like. I always was the most negative person on Christmas. Um, when I was younger, I had a lot of like multiple family members pass away during the holiday season. So it always kind of put a funk on it for me. So it wasn't very celebratory. And even like the last couple of years, I found myself being more, you know, in the mood versus just being all bah humbug, literally sitting around Christmas, waiting for it to be over. So, um, but on the other hand, I have had some people who, I guess, because of my self-awareness now and my confidence with myself and my unwillingness to allow certain things around me, who no longer speak to me because of that. So it's been kind of a, a complicated situation to juggle, feeling how I feel. But like, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's um it's a huge realization when you take stock that you are part of the problem or you have entertained something so negative and it's tainted your actions. I mean to change that that whew, that's a big task. It's a big mountain to climb but it's always worth it. So I'm really proud of you for, for taking the bull by the horns. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, and I, I'm proud of myself for being able to realize these situations now and not blame myself or put that on me because that was a, that's what I used to do a lot. I would figure out why I'm the problem, what I did wrong. And in reality, there are just some things that you can try and do everything right and you're still going to fail and still not going to end up how you wanted it to. Or things just change because that's how the world and the universe works. Like change is necessary for us to 
progress or, you know, stay where we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. There's a lot of situations, too, where, you know, you, people talk about, oh, I, I, losing people who, you know, are struggling to tolerate my change. And I, I'm I, that's always a double-edged sword with me, too, because, you know, I know I was that person to those people at one point, too. So I try to, like, stick with it mm-hmm. a little bit, give people a chance to kind of come around. Um, and I also, and from judging from what you said, too, you know, your difficulty in the holidays and in I was one of those people that, like, I never realized it, and when people would tell me, I'd find a way to turn it and throw it back at them mm-hmm. instead of actually listening yeah. to, like, their criticism. And I think when people kind of come around, like, you know, I, I, I hear a lot of your story, and I think a lot of myself, I think to myself, you know, they were kind of right about how I was at times. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't even Absolutely. entertain the, uh, the, the pondering that I could possibly be wrong. Instead, I'd find a way to internalize it take what they said and throw it back on them by trying to show how they do the same thing. And I think when you change part of the big, one of the big revelations is the ability to look at yourself and say, I wasn't perfect. I was an asshole. I was this, I was that. And kind of realize that in not a negative way, but it could be a positive way to look at yourself and think, yeah, I have a lot of room to go too. Well, the big thing I feel involving that is self-accountability. That's what I've been on a lot with myself and the people around me. Like we have to be accountable for the things we do and what we say and how we act and all of that above. Um, And when I'm met with situations where people, you know, don't want to hold themselves accountable or if they want to try to blame me, like I, I will admit when I'm wrong, I'm not that bullheaded. I am not that arrogant of a man. Well, I'll very clearly tell you, I'm sorry. I apologize. I was wrong. But there's levels to all of that. And when you try to express yourself and people don't want to hear it and they want to blame you and make you feel bad for you not wanting to tolerate all of that negative energy and their behavior, it's okay to say, I'm sorry, bye. And it's a hard thing to do. But when we do that, that's really, like I said, any of that negativity that we're around, it clouds us. And once we get rid of that cloudiness, it's so much easier to see the good things and focus on the good things and get back to the good things instead of just always being brought down by cloud of bull crap. And I mean, I I know I can only speak from my situation, but I have been dealt, you know, a pretty shitty set of circumstances. Yeah, I wasn't sure if we could swear or not, so... Yeah, sure we can. Um, (laughs) Don't give me the go-ahead. This will be... be (laughs) I get blamed for something, and I react, and then people will react to my reaction, and then it's just... It's like a downward spiral. So I'm a very reactive person. And it's more so with emotions. So if something is wrong, yeah, I pick up on that right away. And then I usually get derailed because I've reacted. And it's just, I mean, to cut those people out of your life, I mean, it's... um. It's important because it gives you a space to be able to be unapologetically you. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm apologetic um, on me. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> I'd like to hey, apologize, I gotta apologize for me being me sometimes, too. Yeah. No, I, oh, more often there's, than there not. There are some I people who people might end up apologize. listening to this being like, I'm so sorry. I know him. But, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> um, so, anyways, sorry. I had to take a nice moment and ruin it again. Go on. No, go ahead. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> oh, I want to make oh. a joke, but I'm not trying to make this a dirty thing. So, anyway, let's move on. Kidding, obviously. Well, you got to tell the joke now. We got this far. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, yeah, I was just going to say title of your sex tape. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To what, My third, to what you mean? Say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my third. Yeah, this is me eating a ham sandwich on the floor naked. That's my sex tape. Um, oh, my God. God. <laughs> oh, wow. We have Whatever floats your boat, bud. Now. <laughs> oh, man. I was worried this would happen. I told y'all to keep me in line. <laughs> so oh man. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I don't even know, Crystal. You got to take over. You're the adult in the room. Sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> one, you go back to your ham sandwich. Um, so Zach, one of the questions that we ask a lot of people on the show is, what would New Zach say to old Zach? Um, don't be so hard on yourself. Mm, um, I used one. to beat myself up constantly about everything. Um, I After uh, high school, I did a year and a half of college, and I just couldn't swing it and ended up uh, flunking out. And then just ended up getting a job at the local movie theater. But um, I felt like a big failure for that, even when I was younger. Um, my parents were, aren't the, you know, mean kind. They're very supporting. They're very loving. So they never made me feel bad about it, but I felt bad about it. And it was something that I kind of carried for a long time and didn't really talk about. Um, so it was just I would you know, beat myself up about all the things that I failed at or that I wasn't good at or, um, and really like put that onto my self-worth. So it was really trying to, you know, flip that switch of not making myself feel so pressured by everything and then giving myself that forgiveness. So I would definitely say just don't be so hard on yourself and, you know, give yourself a little grace sometimes because I tried. I didn't do my best, but I tried. So, You know what I've learned over the years, Zach, is that I'm really, really good at forgiving everyone else. I'm really, <laughs> really horrible with forgiving myself anything. Agreed. Oh. Yeah, I'm very similar. You yeah. know, it, it, it's real rare to hear somebody say that, you know, you said, I tried, I didn't give it my best. And I tried a lot of people are self delusional about their own abilities and their own efforts. And, you know, just you tried is a good thing. Like it, it doesn't always have to be, you gave it your best because you know, there's room to grow and you know, there's room to do better. Mm-hmm. And having that awareness to think I didn't do what I wanted to do. I tried, it didn't go, but I didn't go give it my all. It opens up another world for you to keep going and, you know, knowing that like I can give something my best and, and, and 
do really well at it. And I mean, it's, it's kind of a rare thing for people to be that honest with themselves, to be honest with you. And that was something that I had to work on. It was a part of my mental progression and just coming to terms with why I was feeling how I was feeling. And I went through a very brutally honest stage with myself where I was like, where I just evaluated the, how those things affected me. And not everybody wants to face those things. It's not a fun thing to do. <laughs> like, no. It definitely was not a fun period. But once I was able to like, process those things more because a lot of those things I would just shut out of my head I'd try not to think about I would just try and move on but they still lingered because I didn't really allow myself to come to terms with you know what happened how I was in that situation and then once like that self-accountability also weighed in I learned to not you know weigh all of that on me anymore and be able to move forward. Um, Cause a lot of that stuff just held me down, you know, the, just a whole bunch of different things that happened as everything happens to all of us as we're getting older in our twenties and, you know, thirties and stuff like that. We have those situations where we think it was us and we, or like we wonder why people hurt us so bad. And for me, those things ended up just mentally weighing me down and made me just not see a lot of myself. Like I, I definitely did not have high self-worth at all. I probably, I fl- might've boasted like I did occasionally, but deep inside, I didn't think I was worth anything for a long time. As brutally honest as that sounds, but I didn't. Well, you're the first, so. you know, the first human in history to not have their life figured out in their early twenties. Congratulations. But, you know, in that moment, a lot of us, but, think we're the only person who's who doesn't have all the answers and you know you see people on facebook who's all just presenting the best version of themselves also and don't have everything figured out and it it makes us feel like we're an anomaly when in all reality all of us are just trying to figure this out and the fact that you're here now and you've made these significant changes because you're trying to figure yourself out and you know i think that's a pretty amazing testament to the person that you are and i think a lot of people think that they're the only ones doing it the only one who don't have it figured out and and it's it's proof in the pudding that you can pull yourself out of one of those situations well and the one thing that gets kind of hard especially in the ddpy community is you see the success stories and you compare yourself to those success stories. And when you're not quite there yet, you get really hard on yourself and you're like, man, I wish I was like so-and-so or so-and-so is just doing so awesome with this move or that move. And that self-comparison thing really just kind of messes with us. And when we really get to the me versus me, just I'm trying to improve myself and where I'm at, and you kind of shut out that other stuff. Like even now I still like don't go on Facebook sometimes if I don't have to, just because like, I don't want to feel any type of, you know, negative emotion by seeing somebody who's doing awesome, but being like, man, I'm not quite where he's at yet, but I would love to be there. And just kind of allowing myself to go ahead. 
Oh, I'm sorry, man. Finish. Sorry. Oh, no, just, you know, allowing myself to focus on me and be proud of where I'm at currently, you know, um, because, no, yeah. like, yeah, sorry, I'm kind of rambling again. Somebody please talk. <laughs> oh, no, no, <laughs> man. I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's just human nature. All of us post that really good picture with my stomach tucked in and my black slimming shirt with my leg lifted over my head. And I do that, and I put it out there, and I show everybody. But what I don't post is the one five minutes over, uh, earlier where I was trying to touch my ankles, my, sh- my shorts dipped under my belly, my shirt's hanging over my head, and my, my boobs are in my face. Like, I don't post that <laughs> one. And everyone has that picture. Everyone has those moments where we're doing the workout where we don't okay. look pretty. But that's never the one we're going to put up. But the most human part of us is the fact that, Everyone who puts up one of those pictures of our success stories have like two hours worth of time before then where we don't look as pretty as that. We're just, it's human nature to put that out and it makes people feel bad. It makes people think they're the only ones who deal with that. But even the biggest success stories have those moments on the mat where we just don't look pretty. Right. And, you know, it. I think it's really important to state that there is not a person that has ever done DDPY that um, doesn't have the same kind of thing when they look in the mirror and they have that moment or of judgment when they look in a mirror. I mean, it happens to all of us. Yeah, you still see yourself with like 100 pounds on you still type deal. Yeah. You look in the mirror. It's weird. I mean, I still have that. I, I'll look and think I'm still 340, and then, like, I actually hit 239 the other day. So Good job. it's a weird, like, thank you. Um, it's a weird dynamic sometimes because you won't see it. And you'll hear other people, you know, give you the kudos for it, and you'll, like, you ever make that little joke of, like, ah, oh, nah, I'm not any like that. Or, like, ah, oh, nah, I'm not as, you know, skinny as so-and-so. And you make a little joke to just play it off. But, like, you, it's hard to process that in your head that that's you now. So it's like a deflection. And I've been kind yeah. of str- not struggling, but, like, trying to be conscious of that when I do get compliments on things and not being so, like, oh, no, it's, uh, no. <laughs> and owning it's, it more a, than anything. It's it's a weird thing to try to figure out too, because you know, growing up, I was always the fat kid, and, and I was never unpopular. I was one of those weird fat kids who everyone liked because I was funny. And you know, if if I, you put me, raced me with a, the skinniest athletic kid in the school, I can sprint like a bastard for a good. I can keep <laughs> up with him for a, for a good part of it. I was. We are not the like same, was, my guy. I could not run. I, I never felt like I wasn't like liked, but in that same breath, when I got in shape, I never knew how to operate as a, as a thin person and, or like an in shape person. And I almost manufactured a different personality that I felt would fit me better than the funny fat guy. I, I kind of like, I got arrogant. I became a little cocky and, and, and not genuinely. You it's over, almost like how I felt I need Exactly. I felt that's who I needed to be because I didn't know who I was as this person. And I felt like I've, I've corrected that since, you know, and, and I try to be genuine instead of trying to present either. Like I almost separated the fat guy from the fit, fit guy as two different people. 
and it's hard place to to kind of process those changes mentally. I feel that a lot. I really do because it was very similar for me. Like I always overcompensated and tried to be funny and whatever because I was overweight and a lot of my friends were really cool about it. They never really gave me a lot of crap. Like I did get in growing up though. I mean, I was 30 at like 12 years old. Like I was so big. I had to go into the adult class. Like I couldn't work with the kids in my judo class. So like I growing up, I was always just kind of bigger. So grade school, it kind of sucked. But once I found my friends, they're always very supportive of it. And it was like, they never really pushed me other than just wanting me to be healthy. Like it was all my choice from there. But no, you definitely overcompensate when you're, you have that negative self-worth or like you try. And it's funny how many people don't see it in you and they'll be like, really, you were depressed or you were like, you felt that way all that time because we're really good at hiding it, you know? A lot of people are like most of society is good at hiding their depression. Most people have it. They just don't want to admit it. But um, so we, we got to, you know, learn to step back, be real and not, you know, be afraid to be so honest about it. I think that was a big thing for me also is not hiding it and be admitting like, Hey, I'm, I'm not happy right now. This bothers me. You know, that fear of like, Mm -hmm dating that I was upset about something always lingered like, Oh, I don't want to piss mom or dad off by saying, I don't want this or, you know, upset so-and-so cause I don't want this. Now, now I have a, I'm, you know, I'm nice about it, but I have a little more oomph in my, not, nah, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> like I get a pass on that. The, like there's the, the people who, who constantly need to tell you how awesome they are, how awesome everything is. And then there's the constant negativity. There's a happy medium and being authentic doesn't mean you have to constantly tell people what you're feeling at this very moment. In fact, the most people who are comfortable in their skin don't need to portray anything. They just be, and it's kind of funny because a lot of people, when you say like, Oh, we get a, you could be able to be authentic and not just share the positive. They're like, Oh, well I'll just go on Facebook and rant about everything wrong in my life. There's a, there's a contentment that comes with being authentic that you don't need to constantly tell people how you are. You just live and you exist and you don't need to explain it. And the people around you get you. And it's a pretty freeing, beautiful place to find yourself when you find yourself there. Agreed. And I think a big chunk of that is social media has kind of cultivated a certain type of mindset about stating our minds a little more openly and regularly than you know, in the past. So that's probably a whole other conversation. However, the just speaking to you know, us empowering ourselves and being okay with stating those things. So like, I do think it's important to know the time and place and know, you know, you don't always have to say something, but when it's important, make sure you speak up. And um, I think that was a balance for me as well. I used to be very blunt about a lot of things and I still can be um, because that's just how my mom raised me. So, but um, I also have learned to kind of finesse in that type of way. And um, I mean, a lot of my job honestly is kind of like talking people down from when they're upset. Um, And so I kind of have a way normally of getting through just different people, thankfully. 
but it doesn't always work. And that's when I have to say, okay, good day, sir. What, what is it you do? And we're moving up. Uh, I'm a caregiver for mentally disabled adults. Oh, I'm wow. A supervisor at oh, a group home. That's awesome. Uh, one so, of my, my um, close friends, Josh, does that too uh, in Alaska. You know Josh McAdoo from the community. Um, that's such an amazing, you know, thing you can do. And uh, I can tell you you're, you're good at it too. Just from hearing you talk, you can tell that that's something you'd flourish at. Um, I see it was funny because leading back to when I talked about um, dropping out of school, I was working at a movie theater and I got a promotion to full-time, but then they cut me back to part-time. And I randomly found this current job I'm at by an old staff member brought in some clients to a movie. And I was like, you get paid to go to movies? He's like, sometimes. But obviously taking care of all the guys and stuff like that. So it was just, we kind of joked around. But he actually gave me my current boss's number and I called her and 14 years later, I'm a supervisor and I still work for her. So it's kind of funny how like the universe works out in that way. Yep. Wow. Um, because like I kind of shifted me in the direction that I needed to go. Um, and to be fair, it kind of leads me back to like the summary of kind of my journey in a way is like, I had to go through a lot of that stuff I went through to be able to flourish now and recognize the things that are good in my life now. Like it sucked that I went through those and had those hardships and like struggled like that struggle for that amount of time. When I did, I wouldn't be in the mental state I am today and be as, mm. you know, strong mentally and even physically. I mean, I've never weighed, I probably weighed this when I was 15 years old. Like <laughs> um, in my adult wow. years, I've never weighed under, I think I got, I got up to 350, went down to 285 when I was fighting MMA, got up to 340, and then I weighed in at 239 last week. So Wow. That's, um, congratulations, man. That's amazing. Thank you. No, that's, that's a great job. Like, that's, so, that's incredible. But, you know, you, I, oh, go ahead, man. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. It's just. And even, like, building off of that, too, you know, the habits I've built today off of doing DDPY for the last three years have just, you know, made that routine so easy for me to adapt. I mean, now I use the power cuffs and do weightlifting three times a week. So I go to Planet Fitness and actually do the power blocks and um, alternate that between my DDPY and um, old me never would have been like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to the gym and get a membership. Like, that was not a thought in my head, even when I started DDPY. I did it because I could do it in my living room and not have to go anywhere, which I still do and enjoy. But, you know, now it's, it's just helped cultivate my mind in the direction that it needed to go that I don't think I'd have been able to do before if I hadn't put in all that time and effort and, you know, correcting where I was at. I have a quote downstairs um, in the dungeon, and it the kind of dungeon. reminds me of, yeah, my workout room. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it says, um, 
it just kind of reminds me of this conversation we were just having. And the quote is, I'm About Millie not... Vanilli? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I'm not fragile like a I'm not fragile like a flower. I'm fragile like a bomb. Yeah, I like yeah. that one. I've heard that one. Yeah. I I gotta I gotta ask you real quick, you know, there a lot of people you know, you talked about, you know, early twenties, you're flunking out of college, you know, you're feeling kinda hopeless, you don't know where things are going, like it's a pretty hopeless time in someone's life to be at that crossroads where you're like, I know I got to be an adult and I got to make a put a roof over my head and I just can't figure things out. I knew a lot of people back in the day, uh, you know, I, people I went to school with who, you know, either committed suicide or got tied up in drugs. And, and I think to myself, like, man, if you stuck around in 2023, you'd be killing it because like you see people who just get to that point where it's hopeless and you know if they could just just could have gotten around that shit, they would have been all right. And it's a place to be a lot of us are in. You know, you're out of high school, you're out of college, and you just don't know what you're doing. And, you know, it's it gets pretty desperate. And if and if someone's listening to this and, and they're thinking, like, where you were and, and thinking, like, man, I just don't know if this is going to work out for me, what advice would you give to someone who just doesn't – can't figure themselves out now and don't really have the hope that they're ever going to? Ooh, that's a heavy question. Right? Uh, <clears throat> talking about bombs, he just hits me with a bomb. Right? Um, I would say, you know, a lot of stuff, when you're in that mode, it's really hard to process anything anybody tells you or to try to believe any type of positive. When you're stuck in that negative point in that overwhelming storm of just every type of feeling that you have and you can't, you know, feel anything other than that. It's really hard to just be like, Hey man, or to believe, Hey man, you know, it's going to be okay. You just got to hold on. And so I've never really believed that there's like anything you can really like say to somebody other than I would just hope that they could find something that they can take back control of because for me personally it always came down to i didn't feel like i had control of things things were happening to me and i couldn't change them i couldn't fix them i couldn't you know change how people felt about me i was just not i couldn't do anything to change but when i was able to find that one thing and for me i was working out that was the one thing that legitimately, like, I know it's going to sound whatever, but, like, working out made, made me clear my head. It made me get right. It was the one thing that I did for me. And so if you can find that, even in, you know, a hectic schedule, just something that lets you feel you for five minutes and be selfish, and it's okay to just not hate yourself all the time, like, Maybe that's what I would say. It's okay to let go of the hate for five minutes um, because it sucks. And I, you know, I don't want anybody to feel that way, but I know it's, I can't stop people from feeling that way. Um, but I would hope that they know that it does get better, even if that sounds cliche, but like you got to work for it and you got to want it. 
Like, if you don't want it to change and get better, it's not going to. Um, True. It's, it's a, a lot of people assume that there's going to be this magic moment where just the clouds clear and everything clicks and every per, everything I am becomes antithesis to who I was and everything seems perfect. And there's not enough, you know, acknowledgement that it, there's a lot of work to get there. You got here not from some you know, magical flip switch, it, you got there from, from grinding and, and, and making your opportunities. And I think from sharing the your story of, and letting people know that, 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 that you can do it. I think that's a beautiful sentiment. Yeah. Um, I was going to say like the caterpillar just doesn't turn into the butterfly overnight. It takes a while. It sits in that cocoon and it changes and it alters itself. And then it comes out the butterfly. Like, people see the little caterpillar and then they see the butterfly and think, oh, it's just going to happen like that. But they forget about the whole season of transformation that comes before that. And, you know, forgiving ourselves for all those mistakes leading up to that and during that point is pretty critical as well. Because it's easy to sit there and be like, man, I, you know, why did I wait so long? Why did I, you know, do this? Why did I eat that? And learning to forgive yourself, I think, is, is huge in just being able to move forward and, you know, be posit- live positively. I love it. I, I think, love it. It's, yeah, me too. It's, it, it's so true. Ooh, 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 I love <laughs> Good <laughs> Lord. Oh, now we're getting into a megalog? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Karaoke. Shout out to my retreat friends, by the way. (laughs) You did karaoke with me at the DDPY retreat back in July. Y'all know who you are. Was Big Red there, Jason Russell? I mean, uh, Jason Richards, was he doing the Limp Biscuit? Yes, he was. Oh, my boy. He was killing it. Shout out, Jason. I see you, buddy. Oh man! It was on, the, on the first, it was a great. The first DDPY retreat, Jason Richards and myself were the finalists in the karaoke contest, and that son of a bitch beat me. <laughs> I surprises. tore down the house I... to surrender. Oh, that guy's a rock star. Oh, I, I did. Everybody needs somebody to love from the Blues Brothers. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. I love it. It was great. I love it. J- it was great. I, we're we're. We're almost out of time, so I'll tell the story real quick. But Jason Richards, I, I love. He's been there since the first DDPY retreat. I've been there a bunch of them. Yep. He just randomly pops up all the time. And just a little while ago, yeah. a couple months ago, Katie and I, Katie and I have the TV on, and suddenly he's on Pawn Stars. Just in like, and we're like, where does he just pop up <laughs> in random places? He's just he's everywhere. So I just had wait, to go. wait, I wait. Jason, he was on Pawn Stars. Yeah, oh he was goodness. on Pawn Stars. That's he was awesome. one of the guys bringing something in. Yeah, but we're just like, it That's was 2 o'clock great. in the morning. My wife's asleep on the couch, and I'm sitting there just kind of, you know, thumbing through a magazine or something, and I look up, and it's Jason Richards on Pawn Stars, and I'm like, Katie, wake up. But no. <laughs> that is <laughs> awesome. I love that. Well, we are running out of time, so what we're going to do is we always finish up this uh, this with a, a quote from the quote master herself, the Canadian quote master, Crystal Stewart. But before we do, I just want to thank you for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure to chat with you. It was a really fun conversation, and I think you're going to inspire a lot of people just by telling your story and, and telling how your hard work led to such uh, great success. And, and I'm happy for you. I'm proud of you, and I can't wait to see what you do and would love to have you back at some point to, to follow up with us. 
I, I mean, I appreciate your guys' time and the invitation. Um, I genuinely didn't think that I was, you know, interesting enough to be featured like this, but that's also part of me owning myself and stepping up and um, appreciating what I've done. So I appreciate you guys for the acknowledgement and the time. Well, thank mm. you so much, man. And uh, we always wrap this up. Crystal Stewart goes down to the bowels of the dungeon and pulls out a quote to inspire yep. the masses until next week. Let's do this, Crystal. Sure. So this week's quote is for Jason. Um, Be so good, they can't ignore you. And it's from Steve Martin. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I love it. Perfect. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you, uh, Zach Erickson. Thank you, Crystal Stewart. Uh, We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of DDP Radio Live. And don't forget the Mike Mullins Ham and Cheese Chronicles Volume 4 is going to be on my (laughs) OnlyFans there tonight. And uh, use promo code uh, DDP Radio to get half off. And uh, on that note, we'll see you guys soon. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And thank you guys for another great episode of DDP Radio Live. (laughs) Right here at DDP. I'll be back next week if I still have a job. I'll see you guys soon. <laughs> today, man. That was a great workout, man. The power bomb set up by Paige. Oh, oh, diamond Cutter. I don't believe it. Diamond oh. Cutter out of the power bomb. We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work, and most importantly, own your life. This has been a presentation of DDP Yoga and Blog Talk Radio.